If you would turn to uh, Ephesians, the fourth chapter this evening, please. Ephesians chapter 4. And look with me in the 26th verse. Verse 26 says, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Said out loud, neither give place to the devil. 28, the first part of it says, let him that stole steal no more. We looked in John 10, the first half of the chapter on Monday night, and Jesus referred to three or four times thieves and robbers. And in John 10, 10, he said, the thief comes not, the thief doesn't come unless he's coming to steal and to kill and to destroy. He said, but I'm come that you might have life and have it abundantly and more abundantly. Amplified says that you might have and enjoy life to the full until it overflows. But he, the master makes us aware that there is a thief. And we've been emphasizing that this week that we need to, uh, First Peter, we look at that while we're talking about this, First Peter 5 and 8 said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour. Like a predator, a wolf, or a lion, both of these are used in connection with this, this thought in the scriptures, is uh, stalking its prey. That's what the devil is doing with us. That's not a nice thought. I know it's not. But what did the Bible say? Don't worry about it. God's going to take care of it. You don't need to do a thing. Certainly don't worry about it. But he told us to do something. Right? And if we don't do what he told us to do, we're exposed. We're vulnerable. And the enemy takes advantage of ignorance. Be sober. What does that mean? You need to be awake and alert. And be vigilant. What does that mean? You need to be on your guard. On the watch. Why? Because somebody's trying to hurt you. Trying to hurt you. Trying to hurt your kids. Trying to steal your money. Trying to hurt your body. I know that's not a nice thought. But it's the truth. It's reality. Every day of our lives we have an enemy arrayed against us. Now, we're not supposed to be afraid of him. We're not supposed to let distress us. We're not supposed to worry about it. But we are not supposed to be dumb. Right? We're supposed to do what the Bible said. Keep your eyes open. Is that right? Keep your eyes open and watch. And, and the big thing is be led by the Spirit in every small thing. Do you know it matters what you do with your day? Do you know it? It matters. Don't just get up and and do things haphazardly. And even though you or somebody else made a plan, that doesn't mean that you have to, you know, go shopping or you have to do this or you have to do it. If you get a check, pay attention to that check. There's some minister friends of ours. They had planned for years to go to a certain famous resort area in Asia with their children. 
And when it came time to do it, the man said, you know, man, I got to check about this. I got to check about it. And he and his wife, they're both spiritual people. They talked about it. And much to the dismay of their two young girls <laughs> and other folks, they said, we're not going. Why? We don't know why. It was the same weekend that a tsunami swept hundreds of people away in that area. Is that amazing or is that amazing? And if they hadn't have paid attention, you know, people would have said, well, you know, wonder why God took them. They were so young. God didn't take them. There's a thief. Come on, are y'all aware? There's a thief. And all you got to do is not pray and not pay attention and not care and just, you know, flounder around like unsaved people do. And that's how people get taken out early and young and wrong. But aren't you fed up with people blaming all this on God? Needs to be a stop put to these lies told on our good father. He's not the thief. He's not the one doing the stealing and the killing and destroying. We have an adversary. The devil. He's stalking like a lion. Seeking whom he may. Devour, which means he can't just devour any and everybody. Boy, that's some good news now, ain't it? Is that some good news? There are some he wants to, but he may not. Come on, somebody say, I'm a may not. (laughs) I'm a may not. What does that mean? He may not devour me. May not. He may not. Verse 9 says, whom resist steadfast in the faith. James 4, 7 had said, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So we began talking last night about how does the enemy get in? Jesus talked about the thief comes, he doesn't come the front way, he he doesn't come through the door. He climbs up some other way. He, he, he's uh, subtle. He's crafty. He's cunning. He's tricky. And uh, how does he get in? And we went back to Genesis. And we saw how he got in with our first parents. And we saw that he, uses, he, he targets the same three areas. He did it with Jesus. He does it with all of us today. He targets the desire of the flesh, the desire of the eyes, and the pride or the ostentatiousness or showiness of life. And uh, we saw that that's what happened with Adam and Eve through deception and temptation. They let him in. They believed his lies and they yielded to the temptation. And during that temptation of Jesus, Record Matthew 4 and Luke 4. He was tempting Jesus in these same three areas. And on one of these, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. You remember that? And he said, all of this is delivered to me. And to whomsoever I will, I give it. If you'll bow down and worship me, all will be yours. Now, there are people who have tried to say, oh, that's a lie. None of that was his. If it was a lie, it wouldn't have been a temptation. 
And the scripture says Jesus was tempted. It's not a sin to be tempted. I said it's not a sin to be tempted. You hadn't missed it until and unless you yield to the temptation. Which yield means to act on the promptings or thoughts or urges. And so when, he, when the devil says, all this was delivered to me. Do you hear that language? All, he's talking about the kingdoms of the whole world. Well, who delivered it to him? Adam and Eve delivered it to him. And now, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, calls him the God of this world. 1 John 5 says the whole world lies under the power and control of the evil one. He's called the prince of this world several times. He's called the prince of the power of the air. And so when, you know, most of the church does not believe this. They have replaced the word of God with their traditions and the big, one of the biggest, most hurtful doctrines against the church is this. God is in control. You ever heard people beat their fist and shake their hand and holler about God is in control? That they, what they mean is everything that's happening is happening for a reason. Well, I don't doubt that, but the reason could be you were dumb today. <laughs> And didn't listen to the Holy Spirit and had nothing to do with some predetermined plan of God. We really do have a free will. We can obey him or not listen to him. But if you don't listen to him and you ignore the promptings of the spirit, you do so at great risk. Because there is an enemy watching for an opportunity to get to you. Let's keep him waiting. I said, let's keep, because we are may not. And let's keep him waiting and be full of the word and full of light and truth so that he cannot deceive us. How did Jesus not succumb to that deception and temptation every time? What did he respond? It is written. It is written. It is also written. So he could not be deceived with lies because of the truth. And also the temptation Even though he was tempted, he did not yield. He submitted to the will of God. Even right before the cross and right before the scourging, when he sweat, as it were, drops of blood, what did he pray? Not my will, but your will be done. I mean a consecration to the will of God. How can you not yield to something that your flesh wants to do? You love something else more. Come on, are y'all with me? You love somebody else more, and you love the will of God more, and you'll find the strength to resist. Can you say amen? Well, uh, there is another area that we need to talk about and how the enemy gets in. And uh, it has to do with these two things, ignorance and passivity. The enemy, the scripture said, neither give place to the devil. He has place because of ignorance and also because of passiveness. Second Corinthians 4 said, you know, the God of this world has blinded the minds 
of them that believe not. They're in darkness. They don't know. They don't see. And so they are robbed of full salvation. They're robbed of being filled with the Spirit. They're robbed because of this ignorance and this darkness and blindness. But also, even though you may have been enlightened, you've got to walk in the light you have and not be passive. I want you to know, friend, the enemy is not kind. And you can't play with him. You've got to mean business. And you've got to be bold. And you've got to know who you are. And you've got to know what you have. And you've got to use what you have. Got to mean business. We see the, a prophecy that was fulfilled in Jesus from Isaiah 22:22. Isaiah 22:22 says, "The key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder, and so he shall open, and none shall shut. He shall shut, and none shall open." After the death, burial, and resurrection and ascension in Revelation 3, we see this. Revelation 3, 7, he says to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that has the key of David. This is Jesus we're talking about here. He that opens and no man shuts, and shuts and no man opens. Revelation 1.18. Oh, I want to shout every time I hear this. Revelation 1.18. The Master, the Lord Jesus, your elder brother, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He said, I am. Whoo. I am he that lives and was dead. Did he really die? He said he did. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And. I got the keys. The devil used to, before Jesus, have the power of death. Hebrews said he destroyed him that had the power of death. That means he didn't have it now. Why? He lost his keys. (laughs) Not accidentally, Jesus took them. Jesus took him. He said, I'm he that lives and was dead. Behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. The key of David and the keys of hell and of death. Keys are symbolic of authority. What do keys allow you to do? You can lock it up. You can unlock it. Is that right? You can go in. You can let somebody out. If you got the keys, you got the control. I said, if you've got the keys, you have the control. Whoever has the key has the control. If you got the key, you can shut it up. So nobody can get in. I'm going to need to say that again. If you got the key. 
you can lock it up where nobody can get in, including thieves. How many know there are places you need to lock your car? There are places you need to lock up your house. You need to lock up your stuff. How are you going to do it? You need a key. And if you got the key, you can loose things. You got your motorcycle chained up. You got the key. You can loose it. Then you can get on it and let him go. Somebody say keys, keys, keys. In Revelation 20, there is a really vivid example of this. And also the future of the one who's been causing us so much trouble. I want to remind you and I want to remind him. What's just right around the corner for him. (laughs) Revelation 20 verse 1. I saw an angel, John said, come down from heaven. And he had a key. (laughs) I expect the devil starts crying when he sees that key. He had the key of the bottomless pit. (laughs) So the devil don't even have that. And he had a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon. And the dragon rose up and growled and shook him off and beat up the angel. Yeah. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No. He couldn't even put up a fight. Do not believe Hollywood renditions of demons or evil because the one inspiring the scripts paints himself to be the biggest, most awful, terrible monster. It ain't true. It's not true. Brother Hagin said, more than one occasion the Lord gave him discerning the spirits, and he saw evil spirits that had been harassing people. More than once he said they looked like like a little small monkey, maybe. Not exactly like, not a monkey, but monkey-like. And when you'd command them to leave in Jesus' name, they'd fall off and lay in the floor and shake and whimper. That's not what Hollywood portrays. <laughs> you have authority, child of God. You got the greater one inside you. You should have no fear, no fear, no fear of evil spirits because of who you are and who's in you and what you have. Somebody say, I am not afraid. I am. God didn't give me a spirit of fear. I have no fear of the devil or of evil spirits. None. We read last night that if you'll keep yourself, that wicked one touches you not. Can't touch you. We quoted, talked about how that you cannot curse whom God has blessed. Are you the blessed of the Lord or not? Somebody say, I am the blessed of the Lord. 
You can't curse me. I don't care if you're the highest wiki wick warlock of the ninth dimension. You can't touch me. And if you try, better make it your hat size. Because the curse caused this does not come. It will return to where it came from. It'll boomerang right back on your head. And I'll still be blessed. We'll see about try it and see. The devil is nowhere near some kind of equal evil opposite to God. He is a created being who is now fallen and now been stripped and spoiled and brought to naught. And we've been given the name that is above every name. And the very spirit who hovered over the face of the deep, who caused creation to come into existence, the very spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. Lives in you. What is some little fallen evil spirit to that? You know, Jesus said, because at one point they accused him of casting out spirits by Beelzebub, prince of devils. And he said, if I cast out demons or spirits by the finger of God, the kingdom of God has come near to By the what? By the what? The Bible talks about the hand of the Lord. We come on the prophet sometime. So it talks about the arm of the Lord. But Jesus said all the deliverance that he was doing just required Holy Ghost finger power. Finger power. Jesus would say, shut up and come out of them. And the Holy Ghost would go. Oh, the devil, he's such a liar. He's such a liar. And he's pumped himself up to be this awful monster to just to put fear into people. But it ain't so. In fact, if you read in the prophets, when he is shown up, the scripture says that people are going to go, is this the one? Is this the one that deceived the nations? He ain't what he used to be. Saw the angel come down. He had the key to the bottomless pit and the chain. He laid hold on the dragon, the old serpent, which is the devil and Satan. And he bound him a thousand years. He cast him into the bottomless pit and did what? Shut him up. Why? He's got the key. Shut him up. Set a seal on him that he should deceive the nations no more. That's what the devil does nonstop. Is deceive, deceive, lie, 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 lie. Till a thousand years should be fulfilled. After that he must be loosed a little season. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan will be loosed out of his prison. He didn't lose himself. He had to be let out because he didn't have the key. (laughs) And what's he going to do? He's had a thousand years to cool his heels and think about what he's done. A thousand years. And at the end of that time, what does he do immediately? He goes out to deceive the nations. He's never going to change. Somebody say keys. 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 Go to Luke 10. 
Luke 10, verse 17, it says the 70, I'm reading Young's literal translation, the 70 turned back with joy. And they said, sir, now this is not just the 12. You'll hear some people say, well, yeah, you know, the 12 apostles, they had these great powers. But when the last apostle died, all that ceased. Ain't true. Seventy here that are operating in this. Because if you read uh, Matthew 10 and, and Luke 9 and other places, Jesus called the 12 to him. And then he called the 70 and did the same thing. Gave them power and authority. To heal all diseases and to cast out every kind of unclean spirit. And so they went about doing that. He gave them authority and power. They came back and said, Sir, the 70 came back with joy and told the Lord, The demons are being subjected to us in your name. And he said to them, I was beholding the adversary. As lightning from heaven having fallen. I told you he ain't what he used to be. Lo I give to you authority. To tread upon serpents and scorpions. And on all the power of the enemy. And nothing by any means shall hurt you. Does that sound like the wicked one touches him not? Why? Because we have authority. We have authority. We have authority. Notice with my, I'm just, I'm just going to read something to you for a minute. I, um, a book that changed my life. Some, I don't know, pushing 40 years ago now, was Brother Hagin's book called I Believe in Visions. Changed my life. If you hadn't read it, man, I highly recommend it. One of the most significant books in my life. And uh, he accounts of different, uh, several different visions that he had during the course of his ministry over a period of decades. And uh, one of the visions was, uh, I'm just going to read some of this to you because I want to make sure I get it right and don't misquote it, was in 1952 in Broken Bow, Oklahoma, where he was having a two-week meeting. He said after service one night, he knelt down, he and the pastor had a sandwich and talked, and, and they knelt down to pray before they went to bed. And he said when he knelt down, it's like he knelt into a cloud. And he was in the spirit. And he said he looked up in about where the ceiling should have been. He said didn't see anything natural. But he saw the master, Jesus. And Jesus told him, he said, uh, I'm going to teach you about the devil and demons, evil spirits. And how they get a hold of people and control people, even my people, if they will let did you hear that part? Yeah, yeah. If they'll allow him. If they'll let him. And I won't take time to read the whole vision, but my, man, I, I strongly encourage you to read it. 
And he showed him in the spirit how the enemy works. But he got to, uh, after a big part of the vision, he said, uh, I'm just going to read it to you directly. He said, while Jesus was talking to me, an evil spirit that looked like a monkey ran between Jesus and me and spread out something that looked like a black cloud or a smoke screen, and I couldn't see Jesus anymore. He said, then the demon began jumping up and down, waving his arms and legs and yelling in a shrill voice, yakety-yak, yakety-yak, yakety-yak. I paused for a moment. I could hear the voice of Jesus as he continued to talk to me, but I couldn't understand the words. I thought to myself, doesn't the Lord know I'm missing what he's saying? I need to get that. It's important, and I'm missing it. I wondered why Jesus didn't command the evil spirit to stop. I wondered why Jesus didn't command the evil spirit to stop. I waited for a few more minutes. Jesus continued talking as if he didn't even know the evil spirit was present. I wondered why the Lord didn't cast him out. But he didn't. You ever heard that question before? I wonder why God I wonder why God allowed this. Why doesn't God stop this? It's just all over the church. I've prayed and I've begged and I've prayed and I've begged and I've prayed. And I've, why won't God make this stop? The answer is right here tonight. Finally, in desperation, I pointed my finger at the evil spirit and I said, I command you, be quiet in the name of Jesus Christ. He stopped immediately and fell to the floor. The black smoke screen disappeared. I could see Jesus once again. The spirit lay on the floor, whimpering and whining like a whipped pup. I said, not only must you be quiet, but get up and get out of here. And he got up and ran away. Is that scriptural or not? Resist the devil. Flee means run. Flee means run. If we really resist, he runs. If you really resist, he'll run away. It's written. I was still wondering why Jesus had not stopped this evil spirit from interfering. And of course, Jesus knew what I was thinking. And he said, if you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't have. Lord, Brother Hagin said, I know I misunderstood you. <laughs> you said you couldn't do anything about it. But you really meant that you wouldn't. You wouldn't. No, Jesus said, if you hadn't done something about that spirit, I couldn't have. How much of the church believes that? Very, very little.
But is it true? Brother Hagin just make this up. He said, I said, but Lord, you can do anything. To say you couldn't is different from anything I've ever heard preached or preached myself that really upends my theology. <laughs> the Lord said, answered, sometimes your theology needs upending. <laughs> See, you've got what people believe and what's been traditional belief for hundreds of years. And then you got reality. How it really is. Just because you believe it's a way. Doesn't mean it's that way. I said Lord. Brother Hagin said. Even though I'm seeing you with my own eyes. And even though I hear your voice speaking to me as plainly. As any voice I've ever heard. I cannot accept that. Unless you prove it to me by the word of God. For the word says. In the mouth of two or three witnesses. Shall every word be established. I'll not accept any vision. I'll not accept any revelation. If it cannot be proved by the Bible. And you see a big reason. Why the Lord showed it to him. Instead of becoming angry with me for saying this. Jesus smiled sweetly. And said. I'll give you not just two or three. I'll give you four witnesses. Brother Hagin said, I've read through the New Testament 150 times and many portions of it more than that. If that's in there, I don't know about it. The Lord pointed out, son, there's a lot in there you don't know. <laughs> That'd certainly be true with all of us. But... Now, are you listening, friends? Because he said the head of the church told him this and is about to give, the head of the church is about to give him scripture for what he just said. He said, the Lord pointed out, there is not a single place in the New Testament where believers are ever told to pray against the devil. And I will do anything about him. There is not one instance in any of the epistles written to the churches that said to tell God to rebuke the devil or do something about the devil. If they do, they are wasting their time. Reagan, how many folks believe that? Should I read that again? He said the head of the church is telling him this. There's not a single place in the New Testament where believers are ever told to pray against the devil and I will do anything about him. There's not one instance in any of the epistles written to the churches that said to tell or ask God to rebuke the devil or do something about the devil. If they do, they're wasting their time. God has done all he's going to do about the devil for the time being. Until the angel comes down from heaven, takes the chain and binds him, we just read about it, and puts him into the bottomless pit. Every writer of the New Testament in writing to the church always told the believer to do something about the devil. The believer has to have authority over the devil or the Bible wouldn't tell him to do something about the devil. 
And so he begins to give him the four witnesses. Are you ready? Brother Hagin said the master Jesus gave him these verses. First Matthew 28, 18. Matthew 28, 18. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go you therefore. So you go. And teach all nations. I've been given all power and authority. So you go. How does that work? Teaching all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things, whatever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. He said, the master went on to say, you might say, but you could have done something about that spirit. Because the scripture says you have all power and authority in heaven and earth. However, I have delegated my authority on earth to the church. I have delegated my authority on earth, not everywhere, just on earth, to the church. And Mark 16 is still part of this first witness. 16.15 says, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. He that believes not will be damned or condemned. And these signs will follow them that believe. In my name they'll cast out devils. Who will do it? Those that believe. Well, you couldn't, you, this is me talking now, you couldn't cast out spirits if you didn't have authority. You must have power and authority. Or you couldn't do it. Well, where'd we get it? How'd we get it? Jesus, again, I'm quoting him. He said, Jesus said, one of the first signs mentioned as following believers is that they should cast out devils. That means that in my name, They will exercise authority over the devil. I delegated my authority over the devil to the church. And I can work only through the church. For I am the head of the church. Did he say it or not? You think he did? I'm going to read it again. I delegated, Jesus said, I delegated my authority over the devil to the church. Now, we might read about it in just a moment, but does the Scripture say he's put all things under his feet? Well, where are the feet? In the body. He's the head. The feet's in the body, right? If all things are under his feet, all things are under us because we're in the body. We are the body. It's not just under the head. It's under his feet. So if you're in the body anywhere, you have authority. You have authority. You have the authority Jesus got in the earth. He's got the keys, but he didn't keep them. That was the first witness. The Lord told him, we'll give you four. Secondly, in writing to believers, James said, Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. James 4, 7. James didn't say, and and again, Brother Hagin said this is verbatim what the Lord told him. James didn't say to get God to resist the devil for you. He said, you resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 
Brother Hagin said he looked up the word flee in the dictionary later and saw that one definition is to run from as in terror. He said, as I read that, I remembered how the evil spirits in that vision had fled when I rebuked them. And since then, I've seen them quake and quiver in fear as I exercised my God-given authority over them. They weren't afraid of me, but rather of Jesus, whom I represent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I saw an old, old uh, video of a healing meeting back in the, uh, I think it was the 40s. And uh, it stuck with me. This man was a real man of God. They brought up this young child that had an awful affliction. It looked like it was physical and mental. And uh, the man stopped for a minute. He looked out over the crowd. He said, if Jesus was here, he'd rebuke this death and this affliction and this torment off this child, and the child would be healed. He said, he's not here in the flesh, but he sent me. And I am authorized and empowered. And I speak on behalf of him. And he turned and said, and in the name of Jesus, you take your hands off of the child of God. And a miracle happened right there in front of everybody. In the name of Jesus is not a magical phrase. It's not hocus pocus, abracadabra. When you say in the name of Jesus, it's tantamount to you saying, I'm speaking on his behalf. He sent me to speak for him. I'm speaking in his name. Which means you come in all the authority and the power that is in him. And if he didn't give you that authority, if he didn't delegate it to you, you're lying. Oh, but if he did, it ain't just you talking. (laughs) It's the one who sent you. And didn't Jesus say, if they receive the one I sent, they receive me. Delegation is big in the kingdom of God. It's big. Delegated authority is real. And and Jesus just said in this that he gave his authority to the church in the earth. Here he's on the second witness. Well, you couldn't resist the devil and him flee from you if you didn't have authority. Right? Where'd it come from? How'd you get it? Jesus got it and gave it to us. Oh, come on. can Can you praise God tonight or not? Jesus got it. He went to the heart of the earth. He he took our place. And and at the end of the three days and nights, the Father spoke from above and shook that place to its core. He came out of there, hallelujah, and stripped and spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphed over them in it. And he was able to say, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. I got it. I got it. I got it. And the very next phrase says, so go. How am I going to go? How am I going to cast out spirits? How am I going to exercise? Because he said, go. 
in my name, you'll cast out spirits. In my name, you'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In my name, in my name, it's my representative with authority I delegated to you. How does the enemy get in? How is he able to do so much? Two big reasons. Ignorance and passiveness. Most of the church does not know what we're talking about tonight. They think it's all up to God. They keep trying to leave it all up to God. Isn't this revelation that Brother Hagin looks at Jesus and, and, and wonders... Why don't he do something about this? I mean, that's most of the church world. Why doesn't God do something about this? Why don't why doesn't God? I've prayed my heart out. I, why don't God do something? Why won't God stop it? Why won't God make the devil quit? Jesus said, if you pray, try to get God to make the devil quit, you are wasting your time. Wasting your time. Brother Hagin said when the Lord told him that, he thought later, I've wasted a lot of time. (laughs) We all have. But all you got to do is look around, see what's going on, see what's working, what's not working. He said, James said, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Number three. Jesus continued, Peter said, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour. What are you going to do? Throw up your hands and say, I'm whipped? No, a thousand times no. Reread in verse 9, whom resist steadfast in the faith. You couldn't resist the devil if you didn't have authority over the devil. But you do have authority over him. And that's why you can resist him and he runs. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Number four. Paul said in his writings to the church at Ephesus, our text, neither give place to the devil. This means you are not to give the devil any place in you. He cannot take any place unless you give him permission to do so. And you would have to have authority over him or this would not be true. Jesus said to me, here are your four witnesses. I am the first. James is the second, Peter is the third, Paul is the fourth. Now I noticed in this, you know, sometimes we'll call verses in the same book two witnesses. The Lord does not. Has to be different individuals. Two verses in the same book can't be two witnesses. You see that? These are the four witnesses I told you about instead of two or three. This establishes the fact 
that the believer has authority on earth. For I have delegated my authority over the devil to you on the earth. If you don't do anything about it, then nothing will be done. And that is why many times nothing is done. If this is true, we just heard four verses. Do we accept the scripture or not? If this is true, we should think about this. We should ponder this. We should meditate upon this. He said, I've delegated my authority over the devil to you on the earth. If you don't do anything about it, then nothing will be done. And that is why many times nothing is done. We do have a lot of nothing being done. (laughs) There's a whole lot of nothing being done. And people begging God to make it quit. Make the devil quit. Make the devil stop. Make the devil quit. Make the devil stop. Jesus said not one time in the New Testament. Not one time in the epistles. Are we told to pray and ask God to make the devil stop? Not one time. We're told repeatedly to make him stop. He wouldn't have told us to do it. If we didn't have the authority to do it. Right? And the power to do it. He gave to the twelve. Authority. And power. To cast out spirits. And to heal every kind of sickness and disease. Then he gave to the seventy. Power. And authority. To cast out spirits. And to heal every kind of sickness. And every kind of disease. And then on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost fell, and 120 got filled. And did they go and preach everywhere, casting out devils, healing the sick, the Lord working with them, and confirming the word with signs following? It's because he gave us authority. Somebody say, he gave me authority. I have authority to cast out spirits. I have authority over every sickness, over every disease, over every unclean spirit. I have authority in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Woo. We needed to be stirred up this week. Is that right? Then I said, Lord, you've told me about only three categories of evil spirits. The rulers of the darkness of this world, the powers, the principalities. What about the wicked spirits in the heavenlies? Jesus said, you take care of the ones on earth. I'll take care of those in the heavenlies. We're on earth. We ain't in the heavenlies. Jesus exhorted me to be faithful. He said, fulfill your ministry. Be faithful for the time is short. Then he disappeared. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say glory to God. This is precious revelation. I don't know where else you find this on the planet. This was given 
by the head of the church. Through one of his ministers who's in heaven. You shouldn't believe just any vision and anything that somebody comes up with. But can you see this in the Bible? Can you see this in the scripture? There's got to be a reason why so much nothing is being done. (laughs) Jesus told us. He said, if you don't do something about it, nothing will be done, which is why many times nothing is being done. Well, I about had enough of nothing being done. (laughs) How about you? You you had your fill? (laughs) We've seen some things. Don't misunderstand me. But how many know there's a whole lot more? There's so much more. Go with me to Matthew Get ready to shout some more. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Do you believe the Bible? Hallelujah. Matthew 16. And you got to watch for religious tradition. It is so sticky. (laughs) It'll stick to you if you let it. Besides that, It uh, supports laziness. And your flesh loves laziness. (laughs) So doctrines that support your flesh's laziness are widely accepted. People love what I call no-fault religion. What do you mean? No matter what happens, ain't my fault, right? No matter what doesn't happen. Not my fault. It's all God. And the devil will say, that's right. That's right. All God. We don't know why. So many bad things happen. But God has a plan. And he must have had a reason. Lies. Doctrines of devils. Preached from pulpits. Oh, let's let our minds be renewed. Is that right? Renewed in the glorious light of the truth. And the truth is, we're not supposed to pray and beg God to make the devil quit. Matthew 16, 19, Jesus said, red letters, I will give to you, this is before he went to the cross, I'm going to give to you the keys. We, we read, he went and got the keys. So I said, yeah, and he's got them. Uh-uh. He said, I'm going to give them to you. I'm going to give you the keys. The keys of the kingdom of heaven. Is this big or is this big? Keys to the kingdom? Does that sound like something big to you? The head of the church looks at you and goes, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. What should you say? Okay. Sounds nice. This is way beyond nice. What does it mean? He tells us. I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What can you do with keys? Whatever you shall bind. Where is this happening? On the earth shall be bound in heaven whatever you 
You loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. A lot of theologians have a hard time with this verse. And they have gone through gymnastics trying to turn that around. And say, no, no, no. I mean, it's, it's whatever he allows in heaven is then what you can do on there. That ain't what he said. He said what he meant to say. And he said it the way he wanted to say it. Because this is how it is. The new century says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, the NCV. The things you don't allow on earth will be the things God does not allow. Is that what the head of the church told Brother Hagin? That he allows what we allow. This is an answer many do not want to hear. Why does God allow that? Because we do. That's the answer. Why won't God do something about it? Because we won't. The things you don't allow on earth will be the things God does not allow. And the things you allow on earth will be the things that God allows. Is it true? Why? He gave us the keys. The keys to the kingdom. Somebody said, we got the keys. We got the keys. That's the worst news the devil ever heard. Oh, he he does everything in his power to keep the church from finding this out. He has done everything he can to hide it, to twist it, to distort it, to do everything. You're just a worm. You're just, you know, you can't do anything. You don't have any. We're weak. We're weak. We're weak. You know, God can do everything, but we can't do anything. It's a lie. I said, it's a lie. You've been recreated in the image of the Holy One. You've been born again. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. You've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness. You're no longer a child of the darkness. You're a child of light. You are now, right now, a son of God. Are you ready for this next phrase? Joint heir. What does joint mean? What does joint mean? What does joint mean? Phyllis and I have some joint accounts. I know what that means. It means if I have it, she can spend it. Is that right? If I have it, she has it. Joint. 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 You are a joint heir with Christ, the anointed one, the King of Kings. If He has authority, you have authority. He gave it to you, He puts you on the account. You're born into it. 
People have said, well, you know, they, they see Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in his earthly ministry. They see him casting out spirits. They see him speaking to disease and fever and it leaving. And, and they say, oh, yeah, well, that's, that's the Son of God. He can do that, you know, but don't you try that at home. I mean, <laughs> he's not doing it as God. The scripture said he emptied himself and became like other men. And no miracle happened until the Holy Spirit came on him after he was baptized in the River Jordan. He's showing us how to do it. He's showing us how to do it. Didn't he, didn't he say, if you believe on me? Oh, come on, help me. If you believe on me, the works I do. You'll never be able to do. No, the works I do, you will do also and greater works than these. There's no way we could do it if we didn't have that authority. He walked in and that anointing, he walked in. We do have it. I said we do have it. We do have it. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. The NET, let me read that to you. NET, verse 19. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. This is before he went to the cross. Did he do it? Did he do it? See, after he raised from the dead, that's what we just read in Matthew 28. What did he say? All authority. In heaven and earth has been given to me. So that's not future. He got it. Then he told us to go. Cast out spirits. and do. Well, well how are we going to do it? Because I got it. And I'm giving it to you. Go. Whatever you bind on earth. Will have been bound in heaven. Whatever you release. On earth. Will have been released in heaven. It's not heaven first and then earth. The Lord said, if you don't do it, it won't be done. CEV, the complete English version. CEV says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And God in heaven will allow whatever you allow on earth. But he will not allow anything you don't allow. That's exactly in line with what Brother Hagin said, the head of the church looked him in the eye and told him. And gave him four witnesses in the New Testament to back it up. I'm convinced. How about you? I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Let me give you a scenario. What if I was king of the United States? Not president, king. And I had all authority in the U.S. of A. And I had the control of all the military. I had all the power. I had all the authority and all the power. And I'm king of the U.S.A. <laughs> I'd change some things. <laughs> Now, now you're laughing, but we're being groomed for this right now. Every one of us is being trained for this right now. 
we're going to rule and reign with him in his eternal kingdom. But let's say that my staff was right here, part of my staff's right here on the front row. And I called them in and I said, guys, I'm the king. Long live the king. <laughs> and, and it's good to be king. Because I got, I, I got total authority. I know that'd be a lot of people's nightmare, but I've got total authority and control and power. So I am sending you, I want you to go over here and I want you to stop this and I want you to implement this and change this right away. And what if my staff looked at me and said, I'm not the king. I said, I know you're not, but I'm the king and I'm delegating to you. Go and do this. And they said, I'm not the king. I don't, you're the king. I said, I already knew that. I know I'm the king. Now I've charged you. I've authorized you. Go over there. Stop this. And accomplish this. And what if they started crying and said, I'm not the king. I'm not the king. I can't. You're the king. And I said, Kim. (laughs) I'm the king. And I'm sending you. I'm sending you to this state. And there's some things that I don't like. I want you to shut it down. I mean before nightfall. And then I want you to put these people in charge. And I want you to implement this and change this. And what if Kim started crying and said, I'm not the king. I'm not the king. You're the king. I said, I know. I'm the king. And the king just told you. Go and do this. And what if I had to go down the line and said, you know, go do this. And, and go do this. And, and everybody just cried. And I went through all my staff, and everybody cried and said, I'm not the king. I'm just a this, and I'm just a that, and I'm not the king. You're the king. Even though I had all power, I would not be able to accomplish my will and implement my will. Because none of my delegates will act on my authorization. Is this the reality of the church right now in this age? Go with me to Ephesians. Are you going to cry and say, I'm not the king? (laughs) I'm not the king. Wrong answer, wrong answer, wrong answer. What should you do? You call and say, fuel the plane. We're going. Oh, come on. Is everybody awake? Are you listening? You say, fuel the plane. And when you get there, you step off that plane like somebody sent you. You step off that plane, you're not coming in in Bob or Susie's name. You didn't send yourself. Come on, y'all listen to me. You, You step off that plane like you are an ambassador I didn't come of my own self. Does that sound familiar to you? I didn't come to do my own will. I'm not speaking my own words. I'm not doing my own things. He sent me. And when you speak in his name boldly 
and you act on that delegated authority, all heaven backs you. If you bind it on the earth, heaven will back that binding up. If you loose it on the earth, heaven will confirm and back up that loose. The power will be there. That's why when you really do this, ain't no wrestling. The devil runs. He runs. Why? Because he knows the power of heaven's behind that and is ready to manifest. He, he, they're not going to tangle with that. They just run. They run. They run. They run. But if you whine and you cry and I'm nobody and I can't do anything and please God make it stop. Please God make it stop. Please God make it stop. Please God. You can say it till you lose your voice and nothing will happen. Ephesians, are you there? Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. He's praying in Ephesians 1 and verse 20 that we would, verse 19 and 20, that we would realize and know the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Now this is not finger of God. Mighty power. This is the arm of God. This what, what would take that kind of might and that kind of strength? This is not the finger of God. This is not the hand of God. Let's keep reading. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. God exerted himself. I'm talking about the Almighty. Creator of heavens and earth exerted himself, not finger power, to do what? To raise Jesus from the dead. You say, well, I mean, he'd done that before. I mean, like Lazarus doesn't even compare. No, doesn't even compare. Because when he raised him from the dead, he raised everybody that would ever believe on him from the dead too. Millions upon millions throughout the following generations and ever how long it'll go that'll ever look up on him and believe and receive him. That power has already been manifested to raise all of us from the dead and change our bodies into immortal for eternity. God rolled up his sleeve on that one. It was the exceeding greatness of his power that did that, making us sons of God. We, we barely, barely know what that means. Sons of God. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It doesn't yet appear what we shall be. You can't really look at us right now and tell what we are. But it's going to come to pass. Hallelujah. And when we see him, we're going to be like him. It's going to be one of the most amazing things when he comes. You're going to see him and you're going to go, oh, you're going to be so thrilled and amazed. And you're going to go. He's going to say, I told you, I told you. 
I made you in my likeness and image, and you are a joint equal heir with me. It's his righteousness we have, not our own. It's his holiness we have, not our own. And it's his authority. Come on, did you hear that? It's his authority that we have, not our own. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above. What? Above what? Above what? These four levels of uh, rulers of darkness and demon activity and power. Above all principality, all power, all might and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. We have no idea what that means. Throughout the endless ages, it remains the name above every name. One side of the universe to the other. Throughout endless ages, eternity. It'll never lose its power. It'll never lose its brilliance. It is the name. Above all. Other name. Every other name. Every other name. And every knee must bow. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Every knee. And somebody say and, and, and. What happened when God exerted his mighty power and he raised Jesus from the dead and he gave him a name above every name and and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Does 1 Corinthians talk about the body of Christ and referring to me and you and different members and different parts and different graces and Romans talks about it. Are we in the body of Christ? Are we somewhere between the neck and the feet? Who's got the authority? Who's got the power? It's under, the devil is under our feet. He has put all things under our feet. Child of God, you do not have to wait till you see something in a red suit with horns and a pitchfork to start resisting or to start shutting it down. Or to start binding. Come on are y'all with me? If it is trying to steal something from you. You need to shut it down. If it is trying to kill something. It's trying to kill one of your body parts. Or trying to kill something in your relationship. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Don't just focus on the natural. And think that's all that's going on. It's not people. It's not our biggest problem. It's the enemy who's influencing people. Who's working behind the scenes. Hoping nobody will see and know. But we know. We know. We're not ignorant of Satan's devices. So all we got to do. When the Spirit will quicken you. And prompt you. And you just rise right up. and, And you say in the name of Jesus. I command you. Stop. In your operations. Cease. In your maneuvers. I bind you. I shut you down. Right now in Jesus name. And you don't. 
say, well, well, we'll see if anything happened or not. No, no. You got to do it in faith. You're either authorized or you're not. So when you say it, you fully expect it to happen right now. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.